0: Okay, nice. <laughs> Hi,
1: and welcome to Kasala and podcast. We took a little bit of the it is because uh, getting to know a little bit more of not only the narratives and like taking a little bit of perception of the different people that I was interviewed. Uh, recently, I came across um, different community members. Within the Filipino diaspora, especially here in Hawaii, and I, mean, I was very lucky enough to stumble upon um, Jamie's Instagram through Film Manoa, and I thought it would be awesome to have him on the podcast and to share a little bit about his growing up experience and just what it what it feels like um, being an educator um, and being a part of college. Of education but I know that was a lot um, there's going to be more through the episode um first and foremost how uh, our spectacular talented guests kind of like give a short background about who they are um what do what you do and give a little like a bit of like Uh,
0: for sure Um, so I'm Jamie Valerio I'm 25 years old Uh, I was born and raised in Kalihi um, here on Oahu Um, I am a eighth grade social studies teacher at Kalakaua Middle School and fun fact is that I went to that middle school so it's really cool to uh, give back to my community and uh, being that I'm 25 a lot of my teachers uh, are now my co so it's kind of cool to uh, <laughs> experience that, I guess. Um, and I just started a brand um, called the Kosi and I'm the creative director and founder of that. And yeah, I'm like second gen um, Filipino here in Hawaii. Awesome, and so,
1: like, you can literally say the circle
0: of life. I know, right? Like, yeah, no, it's it's cool. It's really dope. Being being born
1: and raised in Calisi. Um, what can you say to
0: someone who doesn't know anything or doesn't even know where Kali is what can you describe about your hometown <clears throat> okay so Kalihi I would say from the outsider's perspective you know it's kind of like looked down upon uh people are like oh you're from Kalihi like you know you get those looks like what I wouldn't say it's ghetto because it's it's definitely not. Um, it just has that stigma because of the low SES and the public housing there. Um, but I really feel like Kalihi is really like a diamond in the rough kind of thing where, uh, yes, there is a lot of, I, w- I wouldn't say violence, but definitely respect there is like a big thing. Um, and respect is everything in Kalihi. Uh, and I think that's kind of what, we're known for, you know, just being a little bit rough around the edges, but uh, solid for the most part. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: Honestly, like, I think go, growing up on it, whenever I would hear Kunihi, like, I would always like, oh, careful in like, make sure
0: we're near someone. <laughs> like, yeah. That, oh, no, yeah, no, I get that all the time. I mean, yeah, that's about right, for sure.
1: Um, one thing that I wanted to ask, though, before we start with the but like getting in deeper with the question is, because Filipino, when it comes to Filipino identity and culture, the first thing that people start is food. What Filipino food describes your own?
0: Okay, what Filipino food describes my own personality? Um, I would honestly say like, like puns it <laughs> because, you know, it's solid um, and it's good and it, it literally goes with everything, um, I, I think that's kind of, like, who I am as a person, you know, you can have, like, it with, like, everything, and, you know, it's, like, it complements all of the main dishes, and I think that's kind of how I am as a person, you know, being a teacher, um, I'm there to, like, support my students, and, like, in my personal life, support my friends, um, and help them shine, too, because nobody wants to just, like, eat a like, straight up you know or uh you need like your rice or your pancit to like complement uh what you're eating and i think for me that's kind of what my personality is all about just like supporting each other and like creating like a whole meal i guess uh i think that's kind of how i would explain myself so yeah okay. well what kind
1: of pancit would you
0: okay what type of pancit I would be that's a really good question I I would say I have a good like vegetable to like noodle ratio you know like not too much of everything but like the perfect balance um uh and yeah like because pancit on its own you can eat it on your own right like it's still fire but it just has to be like the perfect ratio I personally like the smaller noodles Oh Ponsit, um, but yeah.
1: Definitely um, I'm so excited to like really getting to know your own personality through food. Because even what I've learned is like Filipino food has so much similarities with it. So for sure boys getting started is how would you say you no? Know about
0: your own Filipino uh, culture? Let's start with it. Uh, how I know my own Filipino culture?
1: Yeah, like, uh, okay. what do you know about
0: your own culture? Okay, so what do I know about my own culture? So, uh, that's a good question. Like, for me, I'm actually, like, in this phase in my life where I'm really, like, rediscovering myself um, and, like, really... Coming into who I am and like accepting who I am as a person. Like, for the longest time, I really actually did not like being Filipino growing up. Um, but in terms of like, what do I know about the culture now is like, I'm learning so much about it. Um, and actually, how I've been learning a lot about it is one through because I am a history teacher, so I, I learn a lot through that. But also, like, um, I actually learned a lot through tiktok actually like i think um my perspective of the filipino culture is in terms of like what happens in the philippines comes a lot from tiktok but i feel like culture um can be subjective because definitely like the filipino culture here um in hawaii is for sure a lot different back there um in the motherland and stuff like that so yeah, that's, I'm like pretty novice, I would say, but I'm definitely in the process of um, finding out more of it. So yeah,
1: definitely. And like, I feel like especially now, like we're in like the technology era, like there's so much things learn from TikTok. <laughs> me of them.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, for sure.
1: Just, just because you are a history teacher. What kind of inspired you to go within that route of becoming a history
0: teacher? Okay, so why did I become a history teacher? Um, so honestly, like, I really, <laughs> I, I didn't like school that much. I was actually in the teacher's academy in high school. Um, so that kind of, like, shaped my pathway, I guess. Uh, but honestly, I joined it for, like uh because at Farrington you get like a free off-campus pass so I I was actually getting it so I could like get out of school uh but like going through the program it actually like showed me like you know I could actually make a difference in a lot of people's lives and um I decided to pursue it in college and that kind of gave me um a realization like you know I was kind of born to do this like it felt like natural for me to teach um and I think uh, especially teaching in Kalihi um you know, it it felt like a sense of pride uh, giving back to my community. And also, like, education to me is, like, super important. I feel like um, the more I learn things, the more I educate myself about topics, um, I'm able to liberate myself from certain mindsets and to see, like, the whole picture. And that's kind of what I hope my students um, can get from that. I think uh, being a history teacher, the one thing that I tell my students, like, it's great to learn um, from your own mistakes, but if you can learn from the mistakes of others so that you, you don't even make those mistakes beforehand, um, I think that's like power. And that's where history is like super interesting to me. And yeah. That's
1: really interesting that um, for someone that didn't like school, is in school teaching <laughs> yeah. students, and I feel like that's like, that's really honestly amazing what you do. Um, and I feel like um, one thing that I wanted to ask is, was there any particular teacher that you had in high school or in your, well, um, I'll just say young, young in days when you were, in school, when you were still <laughs> learning, <laughs> you were always learning, but uh, in elementary, high school, and middle school that inspired you? Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, like, I...
0: I wouldn't say I had like a favorite teacher. I think um, I definitely had a lot of teachers that cared about me. And I think that's what I take the most um, from school. Like I had so many teachers that cared about me and I think, uh, you know, I may not remember what they exactly taught me but I definitely do remember how they made me feel. Um, And I remember being like, I was actually the first in my family to like go to university and graduate Uh, from a university and I didn't think that was possible but um, you know having that people to support you and believe in you that you can do that I think that's that's really important um, to have and that that's what kind of inspired me uh, to be a teacher but for me teaching is like it's not even a job it's more like just um, you know giving back to my community and like helping um, the youth just realize more and I think the youth nowadays are, are definitely a lot more woke uh than i was for sure in like middle school or high school so
1: yeah and that's where this kind of segues into thinking of reflecting back in our past self it's like what is one thing that you struggled the most with?
0: growing up with like in terms of my identity okay um well so i struggle a lot with identity even like till this day like i have like a quarter life crisis and like i don't know what the heck i'm doing sometimes but um in terms of like what i've struggled with in terms of like when i'm younger is just like growing up in hawaii you know but not being hawaiian and like hawaii being a part of the united states but not really wanting to be a part of the united states because um, it being illegally annexed, and then being Filipino, but like um, having your family assimilate to survive, you know, and just to fit in here in a new country for them. So that claiming like my identity was so hard because it's like, what the hell? Like I'm in Hawaii, but I'm not Hawaiian. I'm Filipino, but I can't act Filipino, and like yeah. So I've definitely struggled with that for like a long time, and. Um, you know I wasn't really proud I guess to say to be Filipino too um, growing up just because like the Filipino people around me I didn't really align with their ideologies I guess like um, how do I say they'd be like like there's like a lot of Filipinos in Kalihi by the way so I grew up with a lot of Filipinos but a lot of them were kind of like the Um, you know, like the Chismoso or Mayabang uh, type of people. And I I really didn't like that, you know, like they really were out there, um, like a little bit too much out there in terms of like being Filipino, I guess, like way too proud where it's like they're better than everybody else kind of thing. And I didn't really want to associate with that. So that's why I kind of denied um, or didn't enjoy uh saying like oh i'm filipino uh from the get but you know as i grow older i realized how much a bigger part of my identity my culture is and like now i'm like kind of liberating myself from my younger self-shame and beliefs because now it's kind of come to a sense of power um and coming into who i am as a person i'm still learning that for sure Uh, but definitely it's a process
1: Hi, and thank you so much for like a little bit sharing a little bit because um, something that kind of caught my attention and caught my eyes like what you what you said about you having a hard time like you need to identify and feeling being Filipino especially being a Filipino because it's there's so many different personalities um, mm-hmm. and I wanted to ask because <clears throat> Being a second generation and being a Filipino in Hawaii, what how did you I'm kinda of, this, this this question just came up. Um For sure. but being a Filipino in Hawaii, what is the very first thing you can sum up? <laughs> like
0: being a Filipino in Hawaii, um so it's, I feel like, because my perspective, right, I grew up in Kalihi, which is like mini Manila here in Oahu, besides what Pahu is like, the second mini Manila, to me, like, growing up in Hawaii, being Filipino, is like, it's like normal to me, because like, the demographic here in Kalihi, when I was growing up, I think like 80% of my classmates were Filipino, so I felt like really normal, um, but if you were to like, talk about like if I went outside of the city you know like there there's like that stigma you know like there there's like a lot of racism in Hawaii so like you know they'll say stuff like oh you know you eat dog and stuff like that that's definitely one uh growing up was a very apparent one but I think as um you know time passes I don't really feel that much or any discrimination towards that anymore I guess I don't know if it's just because I'm older but yeah when you were younger
1: um, what did you think about the ethnic humor that comes around
0: Filipinos think about when oh, okay when I was younger how did I feel about the humor definitely I was like that's kind of just how it is here unfortunately like to say that like that's kind of messed up But um, it's like so embedded into our culture um, here in Hawaii. You know, like one thing I've learned uh, studying history here is like every migrant group, you know, has faced a sense of racism, whether, you know, it was the Japanese first or the Portuguese. And then um, Filipinos were one of the last groups in terms of the plantation workers here in um, Hawaii. So we definitely got like the short end of the stick on that one. So there's a lot of jokes about. Us, But, um, you know, now the next migrating uh, ethnicity would be, like, Micronesians, who they, they face a lot of, um, like, discrimination and racism, but it's, like, Filipinos, um, I, don't, I don't know if they know, but, like, here in Hawaii, that, like, we went through that, too. Like, every ethnic group has gone through that, and then that's why I feel like a lot of Micronesian um, ethnicity or people are going through that right now, what we went through. So
1: yeah. That I wanted to bring that up because like and because I wanted to kind of like see especially because now it's so different. Like like what you said, like the youth or the generation now, like they're so woke. They know how to speak mm-hmm. up about these things. But when it came to us, um when we were younger, it was it was very like no one talked about it yet. Like no one was
0: brave enough to have this conversation. so Yeah, no, I. Yeah, <laughs> no, for sure. Like, I, 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 w- I would not even be thinking about these things at that age. You know, like, at that age, I was just like wondering, like, did I do my homework? Like, I, I didn't really care. Like, yeah, they'd be teasing me like that, but it's like, okay, that's just how it is, you know. But now it's kind of like. If somebody says something like they be like, yo, that's like messed up. Like, and like, they really um, are more aware of the things they say for sure. Um, obviously, I teach middle school. Uh, so it's still, I still hear it in the trenches. Uh, but I mean, definitely a lot less than when I was in high school. And like the reaction towards the things that are said are definitely, I'm on the right path to correcting um, a lot of those Um, I guess like generational ideologies I guess so yeah
1: being a a history teacher and like you being able to see um, the middle school now from when you were in middle school how like what can you say about
0: it oh it's so different I mean like um, you know being when I was in middle school comparing it to what the kids go through now it's like they have to process a lot of stuff faster. Um, I, I kind of grew up in the age where, like, you know, we had, like, one computer cart, like, for, like, every, like, 200 students. So them, they have, like, a computer cart in every classroom now. So they're, they're so accessible to technology and um, they, they kind of have to, like, keep up with it really fast, you know, and um, it's kind of like a double-edged sword because you know with like social media and stuff it it causes a lot of drama especially at that age but also like they're exposed to a lot more things that they can educate themselves about um so it's a give and take compared to like when I was younger you know I was just like trying to play video games or something and like just go home after school and not really thinking much about like social issues or like who I am as a person I was just um you know just being a kid I guess
1: just kidding. yeah <laughs> one thing that I would like to add on um and maybe it'll get you to um, think of this question a little bit more is that growing up in a multi-generational household how was it like um especially with you in this-
0: um for sure like you know growing up in a multi-generational household it's there's a lot of conflict like in terms of ideologies for sure. You know, like I, I would say like my parents are very traditional and my grandparents were, were very, very traditional. So it's kind of like, um, you know, you got to do this this way. You got to do this to be successful or like, um, yeah. So a lot of that when I was younger, it definitely had a lot of um, conflicting ideas between, you know, like family members. Um, but as I grew older, you know, I think um, because I have a greater voice, you know, when I was younger, I feel like I couldn't like talk back and stuff because like just saying my opinion is like talking back, you know, but um, I think now that I'm older, my parents respect my point of view on things and are more open to talking about things. But definitely growing up, it's it's definitely hard to communicate uh, stuff like, Oh, like, no, that's not how it is, you know, or like, um, it's like this now, but I don't blame my, like, older family members for thinking that way, because that's, that's what they went through, you know, um, and that's how they perceive the world. Um, and like, it's, it's for me to share uh, with them my perspective, and like, whether they take it or not, that's on them. Um, but definitely growing up younger, having that voice uh, was very hard to have, but now I'm definitely more confident in speaking my mind, uh, but growing up, it was definitely difficult for sure.
1: What was difficult about it, especially, in a side note, do you still
0: live in a multi-generational household, or did you break through? I still live in a multi-generational uh, household. Hopefully soon, um, I will be more independent um, with that, but, you know, living in Hawaii, uh, you got to make ends meet somehow for sure. Uh, but in terms of what was difficult, it's just kind of like, you know, you don't want to like disrespect your elders. That's definitely like a big theme. Um, I feel like in Filipino culture or even just here in like Hawaii in general, uh, is like, you know, respect your elders, you know, and, like talking back is bad and stuff. Um, so I think that's definitely the hardest part is just because, you know, your grandparents and your parents provide for you and take care of you, and you want to show them like the most uh, utmost respect. Um, so it's kind of hard to, and quote unquote, talk back to them on certain issues or topics that maybe at the time I was passionate about. Uh, but for the most part, I think my parents were really supportive of whatever I I wanted. So, but yeah, I would say that's probably the hardest part is like trying not to feel like I'm disrespecting them in any way when they mean the world to me, for sure. Definitely.
1: I think um, I wanted to kind of bring that, and especially for the listeners out there, it's like many Filipinos in Hawaii, especially living in Hawaii, like cost of living is high.
0: <laughs> and
1: for the sake of our mental health, we have to, not quote-unquote, live with our family or deal with our families but we have to learn to like really how to understand them because like like bringing up with what she said like what with what they got they have gone through so much especially with their parents and grandparents yeah it's like it's within us to be a little patient but really take the time to like they've gone through so much they never had that kind of like moment to really process things uh, Mm -hmm. in comparison to like us which we are processing now and it's like it kind of like a little bit not sucks for for them for not having to process it but it's like it's a lot for us to process
0: no for sure I mean yeah I mean I think now that I'm older my parents give me a lot of sense of autonomy and and respecting like my personal space and stuff like that so it's definitely a lot better I think my my parents are really good at that and I'm really thankful uh you know I mean they of course you know you hear that stereotype like you know my mom wanted me to be a nurse kind of thing and that's true but like when I told them like I'm going to be a teacher you know or I'm going to start my own brand they're like so for it they they're like my number one supporters and I'm just really uh thankful for them to always support me in whatever I do so yeah I could not be more grateful uh for my parents for sure yeah definitely if I could move out though uh, I would I would definitely like that, that just just because like you know who wouldn't um but yeah I mean I love my parents and all but I definitely soon I'm like I'm like in the process of getting there I would say by the end of the year for sure I will um gain that next level independence for sure
1: you would- Um, (laughs) But uh, when it comes to um, really understanding a little bit more about ourselves and our culture, um, and you kind of like shared it a little bit, but kind of wanted to dive into more because especially as a history teacher, you talk a lot about this. Uh, And I Mm. really want to see your perspective on Hawaii versus U.S.
0: Oh, Hawaii versus U.S. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I teach U.S. history, so I I tell my, and my students in seventh grade, they learn about Hawaiian history, so they learn about, like, the annexation of, you know, the, of Hawaii from the United States. Um, and, yeah, Hawaii is totally not, like, the continental United States at all. Um, fortunately enough, I've been able to travel a lot, uh, and like it it kind of shaped or expanded my worldview of how different and how sheltered we are here in Hawaii like um, honestly like we take it a lot for granted how relaxed the culture here in Hawaii is uh, but for sure like if you're in the mainland you know there's a lot of other stuff you have to worry about uh, but also I feel like I wouldn't say there's more opportunity in the continental United States but definitely their access to opportunity is a lot greater uh, than here in Hawaii and that's why I always tell my students just like you know if you want to stay home you can but if you really want to expand your views you got to go out a little bit more you know. Um, In terms of like the main differences that I see from like Hawaii and the United States is like um, Hawaii is like very laid back and chill and like very family oriented and like We're like super relaxed, but like almost like too relaxed, you know, like it's like too chill. Um, I don't know if that's possible, but I I think so. And then like in the mainland, I've only been on the West Coast of the United States, but it's very, it's a lot more fast paced for sure, especially like in LA or like in the major cities, Um, they're a lot more fast paced. And uh, I think that's the biggest difference culturally, or at least what I feel when I go to the mainland, for sure.
1: And I feel like, um, seeing how, and, like, kudos again, like, the education teacher, like, having to, like, process this for their own um, students is, like, their, Hawaii has a lot, Hawaii is very special in a way that when people come here, it's kind of hard when they don't get to see the children. Oh,
0: because everything is commercialized. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, pretty... Oh no. I was just going uh, to add, like, I just realized, like, also, like, the people are way nicer here. Like, I mean, there's there's nice people in the mainland too, but like, it's like abundant here. Like, everybody is just generally nice for the most part. In the mainland, I mean, people are nice, but there's also people who are just like eh you know so yeah we're definitely a little spoiled here for sure
1: definitely and I feel like and honestly um now that I kind of see it like a lot of our locals are moving out of Hawaii so Mm. it's kind of hard because they're moving out and the people that are coming in are folks from the continental and it's kind of it's almost like a imbalance of like no
0: for sure I mean I I low-key like Kalihi is getting gentrified. I see like not the normal people I would see in Kalihi a few years ago. I'd be like, uh, like I don't know. Um, but I think, yeah, and I think it's important that you know we stay true to who we are here. And I, I think it's great though that people are moving out to other places maybe they can spread that positivity around the world, but definitely for sure, we got to keep the positivity here and like continue to foster it and grow it through our communities for sure.
1: If I may ask, um, what is something that you are really passionate about that you want to kind of look into sharing with the next generation?
0: Okay what would I share with the next generation um i I just wanna like something I'm passionate about is just like being who you are um and like just uh, not being afraid to make mistakes and just to learn and pursue what you actually want to pursue um that's kind of like what I'm doing right now um actually, I got a lot of my confidence from my students I've always wanted to like start a brand um and now I have like the opportunity to do so um and yeah the the brand is all about just finding who you are and like coming to your own power so that's like like that's something I'm really passionate about uh, is like helping people uh, realize who they are and like being proud of who they are and that's kind of what that's the best part about being a teacher is like yeah obviously I'm teaching them these important topics but also you know it's not just school you know we have like I have conversations about my students about like, you know, what do they want to do after school or like, um, what are they interested in? What, what do they want to actually pursue? Um, and you know, I love seeing people succeed and having like helping anybody, whether it's my students or my friends, having them succeed and be who they are. It almost feels like I'm succeeding too, you know? And, um, that's just something I'm I'm really passionate about is like people being comfortable in their own skin and like, my ideology or like my philosophy in life is like just do whatever makes you happy as long as you're not hurting or using anybody. Um, then by all means do what you love for sure. And I feel like a lot of people uh, are scared to pursue what they love um, because it, it's it's scary to fail, you know. And something you like, like if you love something so much and then you fail at it, um, that that sucks. But um, like. One thing I learned is like you never lose, Um, you only learn, but you have to have that perspective or mindset to grow from every loss. uh, Loss. So yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. One thing I wanted to kind of amplify a little bit is like what you said is like being a teacher, you help, you teach your students, like you get inspired by them, and ultimately, like you. you are like when you see
0: them succeed and you succeed too because you're touching their lives yeah Yeah, no for for sure like yeah um so I teach history day so it's kind of like this um like it's this competition where it's like science fair but for history where students develop like a thesis um on a theme and they basically educate or create a project about Um, a certain topic whichever topic they get to decide they want to learn about and they get to um, present how it matches the theme and yeah I've done really well with my students uh, the past three years Uh, we've made it to the national competition uh, two times and like that's that's like so awesome to me sadly sadly, though because of COVID we're not able to fly out to the continental United States Um, but hopefully next year Uh, will make it there again. Um, But I think that's so dope for like, imagine like at middle school, I don't think a lot of them get that sense of competing. Um, And like, it is like, it's almost like a senior project, really. So they're really getting those skills at such a young age. And for them to compete um, at the state and national level is like, that's so awesome to me. Like I wasn't, like, like I said, I wasn't even thinking about these things while I was in middle school. I was just like, whatever, you know. Um, but yeah it's super cool um to be a part of other people's successes uh because yeah it's yeah <laughs>
1: <And lives. laughs> and what was that one, and lives oh yeah yeah,
0: it, yeah for sure I,
1: and I feel like one thing that I don't know if your students ever tell you this but does your student does any of your students that you teach any um tell you how much big of an impact
0: you are making in their lives oh yeah no for sure I mean that that's the best part of being a teacher you know um I have like students that um come back because I teach eighth grade so after my grade they move on to the high school so I have like a handful of students that come back and like I still talk to you and ask them how they're doing. And I think that's like the best part about being a teacher um, is getting that sense of appreciation, but really it's not, it's not really even me. It's like me just telling them like that they can. So it's really all in themselves. But um, if I can give them that belief in themselves and hopefully they just take that belief um, with them as they grow older, I think that's so liberating uh, for them because I guess that's one thing I wish I had as a um When I was younger, is like somebody that like has like this unrealistic belief in me, and I I believe that in all of my students now. Like, if they want to do this, then I will do everything in my power to get them there for sure. And I know they can, all of them can for sure. Yeah,
1: it's like
0: you're you're living your inner childhood dreams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, for sure.
1: <laughs> um, last but not least. What does it mean to reclaim
0: your actually your own Filipino identity? Um what does it mean to reclaim my own Filipino identity? Identity? I think it means everything, honestly, because that's literally who I am as a person. Like um, the cool thing though about identity, it's subjective. Like it's it's up for me to decide what my Filipino identity is. You know, I don't have to be a nurse i don't have to be good at singing or dancing to be (laughs) considered filipino i know those are like the bigger stereotypes but for me claiming um my filipino identity is just being who i am because that's that's really what it's about is just learning how to uh be myself and accept um who i am as a person and i think once you learn how to accept yourself and love yourself um you become more in sync with yourself and that self-love will be able to pour out to other people and you can help other people as well for sure
1: yeah definitely I totally 100% like to to that and I feel like um and because culture and identity is a big thing within the TikTok world um what is something that you would say to anyone that is struggling in saying that they are Filipino
0: enough? for sure if you're struggling with that um just know like nobody else opinion matters <laughs> really it's your it's your opinion that matters you get to decide what you are um and I know it's, it's hard. It's really, hard. I mean, if it was easy, everybody would do it. Right. But um, it's hard not to listen to what everybody has to say um, or think, but really, you know, it it comes down to you and the people who do matter um, will be there and accept who you are um, for who you are and whoever you decide to be. Um, and yeah, so just, um, you know, focus on yourself. And I think uh, the right people will come, for sure.
1: Definitely. And one, one thing to kind of end this podcast a little bit is if you could give yourself advice about something that you recently learned. And I feel like it's going, this is going to be, like, an overarching theme for your story.
0: Um, mm-hmm. what, would you tell um, what would I say? I would just say... Wait, can you repeat the question one more time? Sorry. <laughs> I was like, oh, wait, what?
1: So basically, and this is like 12-year-old is like the age of a lot of middle schoolers. So if you could give oh. your own self, your own middle school self-advice about anything that you've learned from now, what would you tell yourself?
0: Um, I would tell myself, you know, just trust um, yourself and be mindful of your intention and like where you're spending your time and energy um, because not everybody like deserves access to you and like associating yourself or like giving up too much of yourself to the wrong people can be very detrimental, uh, not only to like your mental health, but just to your self-identity as well. Um, So yeah, just be mindful of your thoughts like your personal like self-thoughts um and we only are in, in this world for like a short time so don't be afraid to do things because i'd rather fail a million times and know that i tried then sitting back and knowing i did nothing so for sure that'd be like my big like message
1: <laughs> and i think the listeners out there really appreciate it as well um, but I just want to take a few moments to really say thank you for like coming on to the podcast and like just like talking story and just like a little bit like um sharing a little bit about who you are and like what you do with the podcast um, mm-hmm. but yeah thank you so much
0: <laughs> no no worries thank you so much I think it's really important to have these conversations like I'm really glad that you're doing this. And it was, it was really great to just be on here too. Like, um, yeah, just can't wait to connect with like more uh, people like us, you know, and I think that's really important to have that sense of community, especially like with, after COVID, you know, people feeling alone and stuff. So yeah, no, this is awesome. I think this is really great. And uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> Definitely. And actually I kind of wanted to ask, were you on the Poston Filipinx market?
0: No, I was supposed to go, but uh, something came up. But I definitely, for sure, will be there um, next time they have it. I'm actually going to try to vent too, hopefully, for my brand out there. So, um, yeah, hopefully, next time they have that, I will definitely be there for sure.
1: Definitely. Because I feel like, and how I see it now, is, like there's so many entrepreneurs out there, like you and I, everyone out there that is processing so much and we are really um, kind of changing the narratives a little bit about our culture and identity. for sure one good way to end is what is, uh, is you sharing a little bit about your brand and getting yourself out there um, and,
0: yeah. Um, your okay yeah for sure I mean um Akosi is actually like Filipino like it's a play on words from like Akosi Jamie so I just like put those two words together and basically it means I am and like it kind of covers everything we talked about in this podcast you know just uh I feel like that statement I am is a really powerful one in terms of determining your own identity so you get to decide I am strong I am Filipino I am who I am you know Um, and that's kind of what the brand is about is just like uh, building a sense of community for those people who feel lost Um, you know like I'm like 25 so I had like a quarter life crisis and I'm like what the hell am I doing with my life and what like what am I doing and I'm just like figuring it out and I think that's kind of the beauty of life though is just like figuring it out Um, but that's way easier said than done for sure Um, so yeah it's just about helping create this community of people who are you know trying to find who they are and like being comfortable with themselves and coming into their own power and also i feel like it's an expression of myself and an extension of my teaching as well so yeah and it's just fun to do for me personally (laughs) so yeah yeah honestly
1: when you were like sharing a little bit about like your balance it's like why, why it's like why why this it sounds like so familiar but you really really did play on words and I love the I love the meaning behind it and I feel yeah. like this is something that it's a really good reminder. Because um, we need a reminder. We need to remember who we are, we need to really accept ourselves. Um and like this is something I don't know if you you agree with me, but like we are always searching for love, but why didn't we ever search for love
0: in ourselves? <laughs> no, that, that's that's a big fact right there. I think you only can love somebody as much as you love yourself first. Um, because if you don't, you're going to be pouring from an empty cup, and that's that's kind of like what the brand is about is like fostering self love, self exploration. And once you find yourself and like are really rooted and know who you are, that's when you can really share and give um your love to other people for sure. Yeah, no it that that was like spot on.
1: <laughs> um, with that said, um I okay.